Welcome to Creepy in Carolina, where Grandma's pecan pie recipe isn't the only thing that's been passed down throughout the generations. Join the Marion County Library System as we explore the local lore, murders, mysteries, and unexplained events that have haunted us Carolinians throughout the years. From the Gray Man of Polly's Island to the infamous Bigham family and even the Lizard Man of Bishopville, this is Creepy in Carolina. You're tuning in to our very first episode. You'll get a thrilling, and maybe even bone-chilling, glimpse into the world of paranormal investigations as we sit down with local investigators Mary and Bradley Baker of Behind the Veil as they discuss our upcoming investigation of our very own Marion Library. For a good while, the staff at the library have been experiencing weird things. Sometimes you just kind of like brush it off and then other people start saying that they've had the same thing happen to them and so eventually it got to the point where we were like well we would really like to know if something extra or paranormal is going on and it just so happened that we met mary and she told us about behind the veil on october 29th behind the veil is going to be coming to the marion library to do an investigation to see if there is anything to the weird experiences we've had which we'll tell you more about later but before that let's find out more about mary and bradley so how long have y'all been doing investigations like this we are kind of just starting back doing these investigations we had done investigations under a different name before but that kind of just fell off the way because we didn't have time to devote to, to it and there wasn't really any interest at the time and we had other things pressing that we had to take care of. But we're getting back into doing it now so that we can see if we can find any kind of evidence of paranormal activity. And I think when we did it before, the First, when we first were doing, it was like what 2016, 2015? Yeah. Right. Some, somewhere back, back there when we first started doing some of that. How many investigations do you think you've done over the years? It depends on what you call calling investigations because yes. I, we're not counting, I guess, things that we've investigated that was personally happening. We were just kind of counting things that were out, you know, where we were actually going somewhere else and actually investigating. What led y'all? To say, hey, you know what, let's get some equipment and let's start seriously investigating. So, kind of a long story. <laughs> and see, I guess the further backstory with that is I was always one to believe because I've had experiences since I was five, six years old. So, uh -huh. I always believed. He was a skeptic until we moved into a certain home. Yeah, I, I was a skeptic. I didn't believe in any of that. I was more of a scientific method type person. And I thought it was all just a bunch of mumbo jumbo. But then one of the houses that we lived in previously had a lot of activity. At first, I just brushed it off as being something, the house settling or... Uh, or I was half asleep still or, because I told him that something happened. He's like, oh, well, maybe you were still half asleep. And I'm like, no, no. So, yeah, he just brushed it off. He, you know, everything had an explanation. And then I started experiencing a lot of the same things that Mary had experienced. And then our son experienced some things as well at that house. 
And that got me interested in finding out what the root cause of that was. Uh, one particular thing that really, really sticks out to me the most is we were, uh, my son had a toy that when you turn the crank on it, it made a water sound. It was like a water wheel. And we had this toy in his room and we were playing in the master bedroom, which is right beside where his room is. And all of a sudden that toy goes off. There's nobody in the room. The toy goes off by itself, making the water sound. But the wheel is not turning either. Like the handle's not cranking. And the only way it would do that noise is if you were cranking it because it wasn't like one with push button and stuff like that. So I go to investigate, and by the time I walk through the door, the sound stopped. Later that same day. We're all in there playing. We are in that room playing across the room from this toy. It's sitting over there by itself, and it goes off again while we're in the room. We all stop what we're doing and look at it and... (laughs) To keep my son from being scared, we start laughing. We start laughing about it, and when we start laughing, the sound got faster. faster. Oh my gosh, I got goosebumps. <laughs> so, there were a lot of other activity in that house uh, cabinet doors opening, uh, being open in the morning in the kitchen, all of them. Wait, not just one, all of them just. And, randomly uh, open the water water uh, water faucets on. being turned on and off lights being turned on and off and one of the other biggest things at that location and this was really what got me aside from the toy thing this is really what got me interested in the paranormal uh, we were asleep and Mary had woken up and the way that we had the television set uh, you could see the reflection down our hallway. Down the hallway. That so, at the very end of it would have went to the back door, but there was the hallway, and at the very end was our room. And like you said, we had the TV set to where you see the reflection of the hallway. And so I woke up, and in that TV screen, I saw this tall, black, humanoid figure walking towards our bedroom. So, of course, immediately, I'm waking him up because... I'm going to have this thing come get me by myself. <laughs> and I was still a little groggy, and I woke up, and I look over her, and she's panicking, and she's pointing at the television, and I glance over at the television, and I see this dark figure going towards our bedroom down the hallway. Gets and as I to the door. As I uh, get, go to get up, it disappears. It's gone. So when you saw it, did you think it was something otherworldly or did you think it was somebody breaking your house through just instincts? I knew it was something otherworldly from how it looked because the way that humanoid figure was shaped, it was completely solid black mass. Like there was no facial features of any kind that were distinct. There was a shadow. Yeah. And it was so thick that it wasn't like uh, your own shadow being cast on the wall. So I knew right away, this is something, just something bad and it's, it's dark and it's, this is not, a person um and it, even in that same and i guess what else worried me about it since it was all black is one of the experiences that our son had was he said he saw a black dog and we remember we moved his toddler bed he slept in our room we put it next to our bed because he was like he came to sleep in his yeah room. he wouldn't sleep in his room 
And he said something one day, like I was in the bathroom doing something, and he comes running down the hall into the bathroom crying. He says, He's black terrified. dog, black dog. Terrified. And I couldn't see, but I mean, he was genuinely, I have not seen him this terrified since. Like, he was genuinely terrified. And from what we've heard about, you know, people, if they see black dogs and black figures, it's not usually good. Yeah. So I was really worried for him, and I, I'm pretty sure he was too. So then, of course, we see this black thing now after that other incident coming down the hallway and and this is before we had all of the equipment to do yeah. all of this and this is before we even got into the paranormal um that is what made me a believer and that is what made me want to start doing investigations what client when you do an investigation now what kind of equipment do you use i have uh several night vision cameras that um they are both daytime and nighttime. I have a GoPro that I use uh, for mobile. I use a Kinect uh, SLS camera, which will show wireframe uh, outlines of figures, to say the least. <laughs> um, like I have, you may not see it with your own naked yeah. eye, but you know it kind of. Like if there's a movement, it almost yes. looks like a stick yeah. figure person. If there was to be something right. there. Yes, I also have um, EVP recording devices. I have several uh, EMF meters to detect EMF frequencies, and I have little uh, about six rim pods that I can lay around, and they will light up if anything gets near them. Like a motion detector or sensor. It and senses your, electromagnetic um, frequencies. You have your... Um, Ghost box, right? Yes, I also have an S box that scans radio uh, frequencies to listen for uh, voice phenomena. What's the coolest thing you've ever picked up on any of your equipment? Would you, you say that's at the asylum? Yeah, go ahead. Oh my goodness, asylum! Saying no more. The two things. So we were at an asylum, and um, of course it. It was, you know, really awesome, some of the stuff that was still there, just, you know, to explore it and take a look around and look at the history and things. But while we were there, um, we had this encounter where we were in the hydro room um, where, you know, there's the bathtubs. I guess he used to do hydrotherapy there. And um, we were in there, and we, we both could have swore we heard a woman's voice say, help, like scream. But there was nobody else there that we had come across. I mean, we do know that this was a large place, but from what we had been through, we did not see anybody else there. Right. But we're like, okay, you know, whatever. We both turned simultaneously. So, yeah, and so. looked, but there was there was, no, there was nothing there. <laughs> but we heard it. During that same visit, there was this area where there was these stairs that went up um, to, a to a steeple that was just, it was beautiful. Um, he took this photo where you're looking up like at the staircase going up and with our own eyes, we didn't see this. But when we looked later in the photo, you see what appears to, to be a black head or a shadow of some sort looking down from up near the top of those, those stairs. So we actually caught the, the apparition, I suppose it was looking down at us, but we, we didn't see it with our own eyes at the time. And then there was in the catacomb area, there was a, figure that we caught on a photo that looks like you can see the head and the shoulders and like the arms are out kind of like this maybe like it's like the arms are out to its side like it's saying you know what are you doing here or either welcoming you here like hey you know you're welcome here 
I don't know how to interpret which way it was, but we didn't see that with our own eyes there, but you could definitely feel a lot of presences there, especially down in the lower area where I guess the crematorium was. It was almost suffocating. Like you just, you couldn't be there for very long. It was so heavy, but I mean, you could see like there was the big gas tank that I guess they used to help supply for the burning. And it was this huge, just, you know, cement like and brick ditch area with all that rubble and dust and debris and stuff in there. It's just like, man, can you not imagine? Because before it was an asylum, it was a TB hospital. And before that, it was a hospital for soldiers during the war. Right? Yeah. So it had a lot of history. So it makes you just think like, wow, can you imagine how many people were just thrown down this chute and burned, but you just get down there and it was just so heavy. That's the only way I can describe it. It's almost like there's something just, weight just on you and you're like okay i've got i've got to get out of here i can't breathe so you want to go somewhere else to explore just to get away from it but um yeah we did catch a few things there on there there was also um in the nurses area looking down towards the nurses area down the hallway you on one of the photographs that we got there appears to be a nurse a woman woman. waving at us down at the nurses' station, but we didn't. But see there was her. nobody there. Yeah, we didn't see her with our own eyes. I forgot about that. That was a good one because he even kept zooming in to make sure it wasn't like a reflection of me or something in the the plexiglass that was around some of the area. But it was no reflection. That was some other woman or nurse or something just waving at us like. Yeah. Oh my goodness! It was it was very amazing because those things we can't. We don't have a logical explanation for it. He, we tried. I mean, like you said, we, we looked for reflections. We looked for, you know, is that possibly you? You know, no. We always try to debunk it before saying it's a phenomenon. Um, because a lot of times people think that it is something when it's not. It's usually a light reflection or a light shining through a window or some kind of a shadow being cast from something, things like that. And so sometimes it can be explained, which, you know, when we've had other investigations, some clients are okay with hearing, hey, we were able to explain this. And some people may not be okay with hearing, hey, well, this is all it was. It was a reflection from this or that, or this camera was just picking up this because of this, you know. So we always try to look and see if there's a a logical explanation first before we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you definitely have something going on. Have you had cases where um, the people were really adamant that something's going on and you can explain everything away? I'll let you take that one. <laughs> yes, we, we have. And, um, I mean, there was some things, like they had had a nanny cam, for example. And the way it was faced, of course, at this particular time every day, there was a reason why it looked like there was something there because of the way the light was coming through her window reflecting on that camera. So what she was seeing was was not an apparition of any sort. It was an honest to God, we can recreate this kind of thing. Um, Along with some other things that were going on, like she was saying things about her microwave and we were able to, to... figure out it was due to a setting that her microwave was doing that. It wasn't something paranormal making her microwave go off. Um, But she got very, very, very upset. And it made us be a lot more cautious after that when we took on cases of people in their home to be a lot more cautious of the person when we speak to them beforehand before taking on a case so that we don't have somebody getting so upset and wound up um, 
letting them know beforehand that yeah. they may not find anything. Yeah, just being upfront and honest with them and seeing that, you know, that they understand that, not that they get, you know, an upset reaction like, oh, no, you're going to find something. It, you know, we try to be a little more careful now so that we don't end up in the situation where, you know, somebody is very upset, and very adamant that something's going on if there's, if there's not. Well, I want to know, going back to the house you told us about, did you get the equipment while you were at the house? Did you do tests then? Unfortunately not. That was after we had already moved out of that house. But we did try a couple of times to go back to that house after we had our equipment to do a investigation there, an investigation there. Um, but the people that were in the house then did not want us to be there, so we were unable to do so. I'd be interested to know if they have experienced anything. Well, strangely, we know that they have experienced things. The The lady who answered the door the first time we went back, she did start to talk about the dark figure. She She's seen him. She referred to him as a him. We and did not say what we were there for. Yeah, we did not tell her that we had seen or heard anything there. We just told them that we used to live there and wanted to know if they experienced, if they anything, experienced strange. anything. She started recalling some of these same exact oh, things to us that had happened. Yeah, it was not any kind of leading question mm -mm. or anything. We just asked if she experienced anything strange. And as soon as she started divulging some of the information to us, um, the gentleman that lived there came to the door. He wanted us to leave. Um, he was not happy about us talking about it. He didn't like her talking about it. He just didn't want us there. And then we tried another time, and uh, he came to the door, and he flat out said, yeah, y'all came here a couple of years ago, and I don't want you to come back. You know, he was – so we have not been able to go back and, and document, but we do know that she has experienced some of the same things. My goodness. What would, um, I guess, your plan of attack be for a building like this? Uh, it's pretty much a large area, so it would be kind of difficult. We'd need to find hot spots and set up cameras to point towards hot spots where there's uh, previous activity or suspected activity. And also uh, set up our equipment in uh, different areas that are like bottlenecks where there would be normally traffic that would go through those areas. It's pretty localized. I would say this room is one. The South Carolina, the South Carolina room is one. Um, the basement is one. That's where I first experienced something there. And there seems to be something over there in the staff room that used to be the old reference room. I just really want to know if there's something in the sub-basement. I don't know yeah, if there's something, something going on, but... It's so creepy there. I just it. You just get bad vibes going down. Yeah, there. I'm it's ready really to see weird. the basement. Something that I'm, I like. I'm ready to go in the basement. I well, know you said the light's been turned out. Yeah, there's two basements. Yeah, and so one of them is like where the staff used to be, and then one is from the 1905 part where there was a boiler, and it goes into a crawl space. That's like dirt floor. Uh, yeah. Oh. Ooh, I'd like to get to that basement, but not the crawl space. That'd be you. How old is this library? 116. Yeah, 1905. Yeah. And wasn't there a fire at one time? Mm -hmm. The boiler yes. exploded and uh, blew off that wall on the opposite of the Sacramento room and um, destroyed a good part of um, the roof, the floor. The walls were still up, but except for that one, of course. But yeah, it gutted it pretty much. 
Yeah, that's pretty much, I guess, what we'll, what we do is we find out where the most activity is and try and focus on that with the cameras that would be, you know, maybe at a standstill, but then he does have equipment we can walk around with to maybe catch something that's elsewhere. So some of this stuff that we've experienced for our listeners so we can tell you why we're um, interested in seeing what comes out of an investigation. One day, Haley and I were standing in the South Carolina room in this big chandelier above our head right here. Normally, it's straight like that. It started swinging in a circle. Mm-hmm. And we were just standing in here talking, and all of a sudden, the thing was going crazy. Um, it's never done it again. No, just that one time. Just that one time. And then there's the unexplained lights flickering. Um, the stairwell to the basement is bad in there. Yeah. They'll um, turn on and off in the middle of the night. And sometimes you just get that feeling, you know, you're not alone. And it's never anything scary or um, malicious feeling. It's just knowing you're not alone. And then, like I said, the first time I experienced anything was in the basement. And it was last year during COVID when um, we were kind of closed for a brief period. And I was up here by myself. And I just got off the phone with Holly. And she said, I'm leaving Florence. I'll be there in a, a little bit, you know. Ten minutes later, I hear keys jingling. And I got up and I was going to fuss at her for speeding to get here so quick from Florence. And there was nobody there. And it was so loud and obvious to the point where I got up and walked around the entire library and even looked on the camera system to see if anybody had been in here. And, of course, there was nobody. And I actually told um, another employee about that story who was a skeptic. And she didn't believe it. And she experienced the same thing in the room Holly was just talking about with fire took place. And after that, she was a believer. She said she hauled Buggy out of here and <laughs> rushed home. And, yeah, she was shaking up. She told me about it. She said, yeah, I didn't believe it. But then when that happened, yes. she said, I went home. She was shaking <laughs> up. I thought, I'll be honest with you, I thought that it was like the cleaning crew or something. And then one day her and I were here closing and, a door downstairs just slams. Like you could hear the inside basement door just slam shut. And um, I, we both went and looked for stuff, and there was nobody here but us. Is that the basement at the boiler, the old one, or the new one? The new mm-hmm. one, like where the staff used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed to be always around 6 o'clock. Like it could be residual. residual. Yeah. Which means it may not interact. I mean, we could possibly catch it if... You know, it's around the same time if we came to try and check it out around that same time. But residual usually just constantly repeats like a, a CD a or a record on a loop, you know, or on repeat. It's So you may not get any actual intelligent responses from it, but it's possible. So if it was, say, a librarian from a long time ago and that was just part of her routine, that would just, be like residual. Yeah, yeah, it would just be she's doing it over and yeah. over. And she has no knowledge or knows anything about the rest of us going on here. She's just doing her own her own right. thing, I guess. Um, just come from how I understand it, I don't I think when it is something that's residual, I don't think they have any recognition that anything else has changed or is going on. Right. Well, um, there has been some things written in a book. What's the book called? Should we mention the book? No, let's say the book. Okay, let's say the book. Never mind. Scratch that. 
Um, but like I said, it's, it's never been anything to scare me, scare me. I just... Um, like you don't feel threatened I don't or feel anything. threatened. Yeah. It's kind of a, a benevolent type right. feeling. Which is good. I, I feel like... just be somebody just watching over you guys. Or, right. Yeah, they might be really connected here and they don't want to leave, so it's not that they want to harm anybody, but they have a connection here. Yeah. Here's a question for you. In your experience... Is it people or places or both? That, that could, could be, be kind of both. Yeah, both. Because you've got to think about the land. The land was here long before that. If something were to have happened here on this land, um, kind of like the story of Peggy would come into play because that was before the library was here. And um, so, because of what happened to her, she very well could be around here because of the property. Um, but then again, whatever's going on inside the library could be totally different, be attached to the building. Sometimes it's even people. Sometimes people That's are what happens. Sometimes. 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 And I, I have yeah, very personal they're... experience with that. You can have something attach itself to you, and it's it's there. Right. And it, it goes with you from place to place. Let's say we were kind of wondering that about my family because – one day we found her like, man, we've lived in a lot of haunted houses. What's the coincidence here? Speaking from experience, we believe in it. Yes, I do <laughs> too. You definitely have to I see do. it or not see it. Sometimes you can't see anything but experience Experience it. it. Yeah, you have to experience it, which just like before, I remember I would tell him so many things, and I'm sure he was just like, no, it could be this, or no, it could be that. And I was just like, he's always brushing me off, and I'd be so angry. So when it finally got to be where he experienced, I'm like, see, see, I told you, I told you. It was just like that I told you so moment. Like, yes, now I don't feel like I'm an absolute lunatic. <laughs> I want to think I'm skeptical, but while you were gone, I was saying she mentioned doing it, like, as it becomes Halloween, and I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> the closer, the better, honestly, though. I mean, that's supposedly when it, the veil was at its thin thinnest. Well, sometime mm -hmm. after the investigation on October 29th, um, Mary and Bradley will be back to do a follow-up for the public on what they found if you are interested. More details to follow, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you.